Students, you're listening to Answers to Gospel Questions with me, Brother Lawson. I almost said that my name was Brother Wing. Wow. I, but it's not. It's I'm. You are Brother Wing, Brother Wing, and I'm Brother Lawson. So it's good to be with you, Brother Wing. Yeah, I'm glad you came and joined this podcast today. Right. <laughs> Although the name, I mean, if if uh, if someone happened to call you, like if someone called me uh, Brother Wing, I wouldn't deny it. I'd say, yes, I am Brother Wing. I wouldn't, I would not deny that. Would you do the same? Like, I mean, just because you're a man of such esteem and honor, I would I'd like <laughs> you, that. You would take it as a compliment? That's yeah. That's nice of you. It I would is. correct him because I'd be like, you know, I'm I'm not that smart. So don't call me Brother Lawson. <laughs> Talking about denying stuff. Today we're gonna approach kind of an interesting uh subject in in scripture. There's been a uh many people throughout all of Christianity have have shared opinions on this. And Brother Wing and I will probably share our opinions on this as well. But regardless, I think this is one of the the beautiful things about scriptures is anything that gets us pondering and thinking about scriptures, I think can put us in a place where we can receive revelation from the Holy Ghost. Today, we're going to talk about Peter's denial uh, or so-called denial of of Jesus Christ after Jesus was was arrested. So um, maybe, Brother Wing, give us some context here into the uh, into Peter's denial here. What's going on here? And then we'll talk about some possible meanings uh, and actions that Peter took and why he may have taken those. In the middle of Luke 22, you have the story where Jesus, you know, directly talking to Peter and he says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Peter then responds and says, Lord, I am ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. And then the Savior then says back to him, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before thou hast thrice denied that thou knowest me. And so there's kind of the setup for what then follows when Jesus actually is taken and Peter follows the, you know, back or, you know, kind of stands back, but follows what's, what's happening. He's afar off. It says in verse 54, and then people kind of seem to recognize him or notice him in one way or another. And, and through the course, three different times, uh, he does deny that he knew the Lord and, uh, and then, uh, Peter, in fact, it says in verse 61, this is really awful to read, but it says the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And it says, Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And then in verse 62, it says, Peter went out and wept bitterly. So we don't, we don't get a lot of details necessarily about, you know, everything that's going on there uh, and the whys and, and all of that. But like you said, to think about it. Okay. Now, why would Peter deny him three times? And what was this experience like? And um, what does this teach us about the Lord um, and what he's performing here? These are all great questions. We may not have perfect answers or complete answers, but, but we can consider this. And that kind of sets the stage of, of our little scripture study to consider Peter's denial. 
Yeah. So that's the, I think that there's, there's some concerns. First of all, brother wing, like if, why should a scripture reader be concerned if, if Peter really did deny Jesus Christ, like if he denied knowing him, why, why would we be so concerned about that? Um, well, let's just talk about that for a second. Why would we, why would we be so concerned about that as a scripture reader, if Peter really did in fact deny Jesus Christ, that he knew him and, and it was just a moment of weakness on Peter's part. And, uh, and he was just maybe a little bit of a, of a coward, so to speak. Why would we care? You can look at it from the point of looking at church leaders and you say, well, Peter's a church leader. Mm -hmm. uh, he's going to lead the church after Christ ascends into heaven. And so you might think, well, so a church leader did something like, sounds pretty bad, <laughs> you know, what he, to deny Christ, uh, knowing Christ this way. And so you might look at it that way. You might also look at it in the way of, well, you know, I haven't perfectly stood up for Jesus in all mm -hmm. of my life. And there's been times where I was cowardly or weak in my uh, representation of gospel or gospel principles, you know, or, or witnessing of Jesus. And so if Peter could overcome this challenge, um, then maybe I can too, you know, and, and so perhaps Peter's giving me an example of how to overcome weakness. Yeah. And so, I mean, going down that, going down that trail, we see that Peter becomes just an amazing staunch defender of Jesus Christ. He in, he ends up dying. The some apocryphal sources say that that Peter uh, suffered death by crucifixion as well, but he was crucified upside down. And so, um, so we can seize valiancy for sure in Peter afterwards. And so we can take courage from that if if we do take the thought of well, here's this church leader who had this moment of weakness, but look at look at how he repented. Uh, we can great, get a great lesson from that. But what about this? What about when Jesus says to him back in, you read that verse back in Luke 22, 34. What if uh, when Jesus says, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. What if that was a command by Jesus? What if Jesus told um, Peter that he needed to deny him so that the work could continue? could go on so that Peter wouldn't be killed so that uh, Peter could, could continue to live. Then what are the, what other thoughts can we have if we take that approach to the reason why Peter denied Jesus? So this is a interesting one to consider when you think about Peter and his character and what we know of Peter, you know, if, as, if you were to list out the events that we know of that are recorded in the gospels here about Peter and what he did also in the book of Acts, by the way, and and you see what kind of person, if you're trying to like read into the personality and the faith and the character of Peter, you're going to see a pretty uh, aggressive, uh, bold, passionate guy who seems to be not a guy that shies away from a fight, you know, and a willingness to sacrifice, uh, very direct and and very uh, faithful you know, in, in all that. So to, to then kind of like, these are my words, but almost like weakly, uh, cowardly lie and deny Jesus that we see there. 
at least whether we know why he's doing it or what's going on, at least it's very out of character for Peter to act this way. So again, it's a totally unique situation and there's a lot of pressure and it'd be very confusing and painful. And so we can kind of see it from that original perspective that maybe he did just deny Christ and he totally regrets it. And that's why he goes off and weeps bitterly, you know, about that. However, it's way out. It's so far out of character that it does open us to this other possibility that perhaps verse 34 was a command and perhaps he, he realizes in the moment, maybe that this is what needs to happen. So he does it. And then in verse 62, he goes out and weeps bitterly because maybe at this point is, is when he's finally, or right before this point is when he's finally recognizes, yes, Jesus does have to die. And I need to accept this. And like you had pointed out, Brother Lawson, last week that, you know, Jesus had to die. We need to live. You know, maybe that's what that's the conclusion Peter's coming to here. He's like, I need to live. I'm going to I'm going to need to lead this work after Christ goes into heaven. And so I need to I need to accept my role here. And so therefore, I'm going to follow what the Lord told me to do, which was deny him so that I can be spared and and do my work. And, and now he's accepted all of this. And it's very uncomfortable for him to, to recognize that his friend, his leader, he's going to accept needs to, needs to die. One more point on this would be what verse 31 says, you know, I, I read it in the King James version there, but the Joseph Smith translation reads differently. So it says, uh, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. That's the King James Version. The Joseph Smith translation says, Satan hath desired you that he may sift the children of the kingdom as wheat. So that that might lend itself to this second interpretation here that uh, perhaps Peter recognizes his role and that Satan doesn't just want to have Peter for just to get Peter. He wants to get Peter so he can take down the children of the kingdom. And so maybe Peter in this moment then realizes, oh, this isn't just about me and what I want. And I, I would be willing to fight. I, I might even be willing to fight to the death. But if that happens, who suffers unnecessarily? It's the children of the kingdom. And so Peter willingly, perhaps here, accepts his role to do what's totally against his nature and against and out of character, but he does it for other people. Um, so that they can be led and guided in a way that they'll need it after Christ has ascended into heaven. Absolutely. I love that. Here's another flag. You can, I'll put up a flagpole and see who salutes it. When when Peter says, or when Jesus tells Peter, um, when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. That might have been an interesting moment in Peter's life. Like, what do you mean when I'm converted? I mean, I've been hanging out with you for three years. What, I'm not sure how Peter responded to that, but but I think what the Savior was talking to him is you're going to have the Holy Ghost, and that's going to uh that's going to create a constant companionship within you that is going to keep you fired up about the gospel from here on out. When you're converted, when that Holy Ghost comes, you need to strengthen others. And so it's possible that um as strong and as good of character as Peter had, he didn't have the constant companionship of the Holy Ghost just yet. And so um Maybe, maybe this is a lesson on when the Holy Ghost is is present with us all the time as a constant companion. We have 
uh, courage and and uh, power to do things that maybe just our character alone doesn't have the ability to to push us through. But there's another that's another idea. Anyway, all of these ideas, Brother Wing. What a, what's the conclusion? I think that uh, I think that one day we're probably going to meet Peter. So let's be as kind as we can to Peter, uh, just in case, just in case maybe our somewhat non glowing reviews of him, uh, non five star Yelp reviews are low. We want to we want to give him the benefit of the doubt, just like we want to give I think any church leader who is doing their best, who uh, who loves the Lord and wants to follow Him. Uh, I don't think we can go wrong when we do that. I was just thinking about Joseph Smith actually today and about how he how he just would uh he would forgive everybody and even people you know i know a little bit about church history and and i know what some of these guys that he was forgiving i know what they would go on to do and i'd be like oh joseph maybe don't forgive that guy because he's gonna he's gonna be pretty rotten later on and uh but joseph would just would forgive and 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 love and treat people with kindness, even those that were just so uh, opposed to him. And so I think we can do the same for Peter. I think we can treat him with kindness and respect him. He is, he was uh, the Lord's anointed prophet on earth. Uh, So whatever it was, uh, whatever weaknesses he may have had in life, it wasn't enough to, uh, to exclude him from being the Lord's anointed. I'll give you the last word for the wing. Yeah, you know, in my maybe conclusion here to this story is when we take questions to the text and we or or the text brings questions to us, which which seems to happen in this story. Like, hmm, why, why would that happen or what what's going on here? When we just explore those and open to being guided by the spirit, you know, we can learn from it. So I, I do think we can learn from this story in the with the vantage point of thinking you know maybe peter demonstrated some weakness here you know that's going to teach us some things we can also learn from it the other way you know and put it in context of the whole new testament and peter's life and recognize hmm, maybe there's something else going on here and there's something to be learned there too and in lieu of like the lord himself or some other prophet commenting to kind of direct us on exactly what's going on here just when we ask questions and we're open to being taught, we can be guided by the Holy Ghost. We're never going to go, it's never going to be productive or edifying to go outside of what modern prophets have commented as they declare doctrine. But taking questions to the text or letting the text present questions to us and we ponder with the help of the Holy Ghost, that is an edifying experience. Always. Excellent. All right, students, thanks for listening to this episode of Answers to Gospel Questions. Share it with somebody else. Come to Institute. Stay righteous. We love your guts.